Hello, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of ValorCast. You know, there's just some people out there that loom large. They have this gravitas, this larger-than-life presence that fills up a room, and by comparison, makes everyone else around them seem small. Today, I got to meet someone just like this. He towered over me, this 71-year-old man. I shook his baseball glove-sized hand, and then we went to have a conversation. Uh, my name is Mike Thornton. Uh, I was born and raised in the hills of South Carolina. I'm a retired Navy SEAL Medal of Honor recipient. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was nervous to talk to this man. Vietnam vet, Medal of Honor recipient, Navy SEAL, and not just any Navy SEAL. He's an original member of SEAL Team 6. Turned out, it was a great interview. Let's dive in today on ValorCast. My name is Brad Carpenter, and I'm a writer, a patriot, and one gigantic history nerd. I invite you to come on a journey with me as I collect tales of courage and sacrifice directly from the recipients of the Medal of Honor themselves. This is ValorCast. It's cold here in this long shadow that Mike casts, but it gets warmer and warmer the more you hear him speak. And the first thing we talked about was old movies? I tell you, Jimmy Stewart, unbelievable. Wow. Just unbelievable. Uh, Steve McQueen, if her... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great. The Great Escape's one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, with Steve McQueen. Yeah. yeah. And, and you look at who was in that movie, it's unbelievable. I know. It was, the, the cast was crazy. Uh, James Gardner in there and all the different guys and was, Steve McQueen and... Uh, and know, uh, what, what's the, the guy? Actors. Yeah, the British actors, and there was the guy uh, Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. It was so he many was, people. Uh, he was a really. Uh, he lived up in uh, Ventura near a friend of mine, up in Ventura, and uh, and uh, it, uh, it, you know just the people you bump into. Yeah. Were, and sat there. Who who made you starstruck? Of all the people that you've met, he was like, oh wow, I'm oh, meeting John this Wayne. person. I love John, John Wayne. I've, wow! I've been, I've been out drinking three times together. <laughs> you went out drinking with. You should lead with that. Every <laughs> everywhere you go. I don't know. <laughs> he uh, he was. We talked about one. movies yeah. for an embarrassingly long time, and then eventually we we get to the actual interview. Cool, Mike. Thanks so much for being here today, man. That's my honor to hear. Right? I tell you, it's quite a a day, and it's a, quite a week of celebration of a of a great. Uh, thing for education, but a great, great uh, man by the name of Charlie Coolidge. Right, man. What does your What does your weekend look like? What What do you What do they got you doing all week? Uh, we've been uh, very busy since uh, we landed on Wednesday, and uh, getting to meet the locals and people who are so involved in setting this whole thing up. And everybody is so dedicated, and it's, I mean, they're bouncing around like a bunch of bunnies, you know. And uh, <laughs> but they just want to make sure everything's right for everyone here and make it a great event. So. It, it can be remembered for generations and generations. Right, absolutely. And it's it's beautiful in here. I don't know what I was expecting, but it is, they went they went all out. I, I was here years and years ago when it was downtown and they closed it up and they put the little, it was an educational place right. up, up on, uh, 
across the river. And I tell you, the community got behind it, as they were saying last night. And what an unbelievable job of, you know, people pouring out their hearts. Not just their hearts, but what this great nation called America stands for. And for them to get out there and raise the funds, mostly here in the state of Tennessee, but a lot of funds raised outside of the state, too, because... I think if you walk through here and you have your father or your mother with you and you're a young child and they explain about what this is all about, about it is about the values that we speak about. It is about how people have sacrificed the integrity of these men and women of this great nation have given the utmost. Some are, as we saw, or posthumously in this thing. But if it doesn't grab you and reach out and say, hey, look what's been done for you to better your life. To me, it's an example. And it's education, and education is everything. But when we uh, teach education, we have to teach the right values. You can hear the passion in his voice. Mike cares deeply about education, character, and values. But what I wanted to know was where and how did these deep-seated passions begin? I was born and raised in the hills of South Carolina. I was actually born in Greenville, South Carolina. And, huh. and, um, and uh, my father only had a sixth grade education. He joined the Army in 37 and got out in 47. Uh, but my father reeked of uh, leadership. He uh, started a company, and he treated everybody the same, no matter what uh, you know nationality you were, or, you know color, creed. Uh, my, everybody loved my dad, and they worked hard for my father. And uh, he taught me a lot about that, about you know being from the hills of South Carolina. And I asked a lot of these people, said, "Why have you been working for Daddy for 30 years? Because he treats us all equal. He treats us the same, no matter you know if we have an education or we have a college education." Your dad leaves from the front, and he, he walked the walk. He didn't talk the talk. He was out there in the mud and in the construction areas with everybody else. And, and that showed me a man of leadership. you got to lead from the front. And uh, uh, my mother gave us faith, God, you know, just things that my father, of course, growing up during the Depression and all that, you know, you never understood. I know Daddy never told me he loved me too. He was 80 years old, and I, I liked to have had a heart attack and passed out. But... Uh, I knew you knew your father always cared and wanted to better your life as he wanted to, you know, and as, as, as us as mothers and fathers and, you know, uh, we want to better our children's lives and our grandchildren's lives. And right. so that's what my father taught me. Yes, he showed love in, in other ways, right? Correct. Like, And he was probably a big reason why you joined the military in the first place. Well, actually, right? believe it or not, my father kind of set me up for the military. Really? I, uh, I had dyslexia so bad. Uh, I, I mean, I knew I studied hard. I did this, but back there they just thought you were dumb. When you had in the fifties, you had dyslexia. Oh. And uh, my father, uh, a good friend of his, was the juvenile delinquent judge. And uh, I, I say I got in a lot of mischief. Nothing really bad. Nothing like that. And uh, I got in a fight uh, one time, and uh, I went in front of the judge, and Daddy was standing over there. And, of course, you had back this is uh, during Vietnam you know, the, when the uh, draft was really heavy and going. Right. And he said, Mike, what did I tell you the next time you showed up here? I said, I'd have to go to reform school. And he said, okay, I'm going to let you make your first major decision. And I said, what's that, Your Honor? And he says, you can do an about face and join one of these fine organizations. 
So I turned around, I'd seen that movie Richard Whitmar be about being a Navy frogman in Korea. And I turned around and had a hand salute. And Daddy said my salute was really good. And I said, sir, I've always wanted to be a Navy frogman. And so I joined on a, a program and I went in uh, in 120 days. And uh, I never really graduated from high school. Because if you miss more than 30 days, you automatically fail. And I'd missed 82 days that year from I used to skip school and go hunting and fishing and stuff like right. that. And uh, Important things. Yeah, important things <laughs> in life. So, so uh, it's funny, 20 years later after I joined the military, which was a great education, great life, and uh, my father told me that him and the, the judge had set the whole thing up to get me in the military. <laughs> <laughs> it was one big long con. Yeah, I, 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 I thanked him for it. And I said, Daddy, thank you because yeah. you had enough understanding about your son that he needed to go somewhere, <laughs> and a, you know, a, a different structure, and that he could be well taken care of. And, and the military was my education. It was my everything for me. Uh, my father always said, you have to give back. You have to give back. Right. And he did to the day he passed away. And he, his family was everything. It wasn't about I, it's about mm -hmm. everybody's before my father. And I think that's what we have here at the school is education. We don't teach in schools anymore, you know. Right. Integrity, patriotism, all these great values that we're trying to teach the future of America. And my father taught those to me. You know, always take care of your people. Your people will all take care of you. It's amazing. And you all benefit when you do that like that. And yep. you have that. It's not about me. It's about something more special than me. It's much greater than I am. And that's what we're trying to teach here, you here in Chattanooga. And mm -hmm. uh, and my father taught me all that. And I it's, I just wish that I listened to my father a few years earlier in my life because I'd have had, I wouldn't have made half the many mistakes <laughs> as I did. So I think that's what we're trying to do, get a, a you know, shoe up. And with this great educational program we're teaching right. here. And, of course, getting the schools involved. And as we're traveling around today in this cold weather here in Chattanooga, we're going out to visit the schools. And the, not, not just private schools, but, right. you know, other schools to say, hey, you know, under, explain to them freedom is not free. I bet, I bet that's I bet that's so rewarding, but I also bet you love just talking to those kids. Oh, yeah. I tried to get them very involved. You right. Know, I was just at school, and they can only give you an hour because it's probably there. But, I mean, when you – I'm trying to answer all the questions, but you got got 100 hands still in the air. Oh, yeah. You know? And I said, well, I didn't really get the word. I hope I got the word out to them to try to understand, you know. Right. But, you know, it's the thing my father always said. If, if it's to be, it's up to me. If I don't do it, who's going to do it, you know? And yeah. And the other things that my dad taught me, you know, uh, you know, always put somebody ahead of yourself. To that that way you understand. Yeah, but if it's to be, it's up to me. And I tell all these kids all the time, we all have obstacles, and it's okay to fail. They, right. A lot of these schools say we can't let that kid fail. Why not? It doesn't have the slightest idea what success is if you don't fail. That's right. And we all go have, you know, we all go have, you know, as I call, you know things that stop us in our ways and our goals and that basically they are their barriers but you can go over that barrier you can go under that barrier you can go around that barrier you can help somebody that cares about you throw you over that barrier but only you can stop you from getting over that barrier so take those barriers and you move forward with that if it's to be it's up to me those words are evident in the way mike walks and the way Mike talks. And those words of his father must have echoed in his head that day, in Vietnam, 
when Mike and his fellow men found themselves surrounded, cut off, with little chance of survival. He never gave up. And he and his men found a way to escape. Mike saved the life of his friend and superior officer by carrying him on his back and then by swimming with him on his back until they were found. If it's to be, it's up to me. I, th I think, is, of course, it's different. I never felt I deserved the medal, never right. will uh, think I deserve the medal, but there's other people who think I deserve the medal because I got them all out alive. We're all wounded, but yeah. I got us all out alive. And I saved the life of another Medal of Honor recipient, Tommy, Lieutenant Tommy Norris, which was my officer in charge during the period of time. And um, Tommy really feels that I deserve it, but I still don't think I deserve it. But it, it, it's, it's, it's an honor that people did feel I deserve it. And it, to me, it's an honor that you wear it in honor of them. But I wear it in the honor of the two million eight hundred and something thousand have given the utmost. And that's what right. I try to tell these kids. These people have given their lives the utmost, and so we need to, you know, wear this with pride for each and every one of them, because that's who the medal belongs to. So you take this opportunity as a young student, and you can do anything and everything you want to. Like I said, I don't even have a high school education, but I've owned two businesses, done very well for myself. My wife and I run a foundation. Do I have to? No. And then I'm 71 years old. But we do it because it's a passion to give right. back, as my father taught me, to keep giving back. So that's what we try to explain to these kids, you know. You have the ability to do anything or be anything you want to be. only person that's going to stop you is yourself. You can be anything you want to be. Mike is a testament to that. From humble beginnings and the wise teaching of his father, this troublemaking, dyslexic, John Wayne-loving fisherman became a larger-than-life hero. I had a blast talking with Mike and learning from him. I'll let him have the final word. We live our life uh, one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, no use worried about what I have no control of. I worry about what I do have control of. And just to go back, you know, don't take life for granted. Be, uh, you're living the greatest country in the world. And I've been in 90 countries in my lifetime. You know, like I said, if it's to be, it's up to me. And nobody can stop you from being successful, no matter what you want to. You get knocked down, get back up. Right. Like I said, failures is good because it tells you what success is, you know. And I've had a lot of failures, but I had more successes. And so continue doing that with that with that mind. But like I say, keep setting those goals no matter how old you are. And, you know, and don't take, don't don't uh, set back on your loyals. Don't take that for granted. Move forward. Don't worry about the past. You can't change the past. Learn from the past and take that and do something about the future to make your life, your family's life, and your country's life a better place to live.
thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And a special thanks to Mike Thornton for coming on the podcast, for laughing with me, and teaching me so many wonderful things. ValorCast is made possible by the great folks at the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center in beautiful downtown Chattanooga. To learn more about the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center, the Medal of Honor Society's Character Development Program, or to learn about past Medal of Honor recipients, please visit the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center's website at mohhc.org. That's mohhc.org. ValorCast is hosted, edited, and mixed by me, Brad Carpenter. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, leaving a nice review on iTunes or Spotify would mean the world to us. Thanks again, and we salute you.